Hi, I'm Elise. I'm Matt, and welcome to Pod Wraiths, a Star Trek Deep Space Nine podcast. This is your first time joining us. We're two friends watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine and sharing both our deep and irreverent thoughts on our favorite Star Trek series. This week, we're talking about Season 1, Episode 18, Dramatis Personae, written by Joe Minoski and directed by Cliff Bol Bole. Not sure which is the correct pronunciation. I think it's Bol. Bol. Okay. This episode aired on May 30th, 1993. This week on Deep Space Nine, the crew becomes infected by a telepathic imprint of a culture that destroyed itself. Oh, shit. So here's the thing about this episode, Elise. It's like, what if all the world's a stage and we are merely players? We all have our entrances (laughs) and our exits. We're all just, we're just playing parts. It's like one big performance, a dramatis personae. We are all just characters in a drama. That's what this that's what this episode presupposes. How did you like it? Um speaking of drama, I had no idea that Johnny drama was in Star Trek. <laughs> the Klingon when, when the yeah, when the Klingon who died at the beginning was like victory, I was like losing my shit laughing. Um I had completely forgotten about this episode, which we know is a common thing for me, season one. <laughs> I like don't remember any of it. Um, I mean, I remember, like, next week's episode duet, and I remembered, um, nope, that's probably the only one I remembered. (laughs) Um, although I haven't watched it yet, so whatever. More on that next week. Um, but yeah, like, I was just laughing and making corny jokes to myself, and I just didn't realize everyone was going to be super dramatic. I really enjoyed, I guess because I didn't even look at the episode title, um, I really enjoyed watching all the other. Uh, sorry, I really enjoyed watching all the characters like play against their t- or actors play against their type. Um, I watched th- this episode with my friend AJ, and he pointed out that Nana is basically like one step away from playing like spoiler alert mirror universe Kira in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought um, that too. Yeah, it was. I was like, "You're so right." Um, but yeah, I really. So one thing I really thought about this episode was that, you know, it's obviously, like, later in season one, so we've gotten a sense of the characters, and it's fun at that point to see them act out of character. Um, But I also appreciate that it didn't go straight to, like, everyone's trying to bang each other, like that one episode of TNG where, um... Oh, the naked... (laughs) I was getting confused, because it's, like, the sequel... To like yeah. the naked time, or I think yeah. the TNG one, the naked time, and the naked now is the TOS one. The n- you have it reversed. The naked time oh, okay. is the TOS one. But like, oh, okay. I love the naked time. But like, when they did it in TNG, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> um, smirky Sorry, face, Sorry, eyes smirky. emoji, eyes emoji, yeah. smirky face, smirky face, fire emoji, um, when sweaty thirst face, tongue out. Um, Like, I love The Naked Time, and it's so much fun, but the TNG version was literally... You're fine. I didn't even hear what you said or did, so... (laughs) Just laughing. Oh, okay. I mean, I... Naked Time. I mean, 
I'm going to just pretend that you're laughing at all the funny things I'm saying, and so just keep laughing. It's great. Um, the TNG version is literally the second episode, and you don't know the characters enough to, like, find it funny that Data and Tashi are, are fucking. Like, I feel like, honestly, you know, like, if they had done that later in the season, it would have been funnier, but, like... So I appreciate that we have more time with these characters before they do this, oh, let's have everyone act weird, but I also appreciate that they're not all just trying to bang each other. Like, yeah, there is definitely flirting, but it, it comes with, like, a more of a manipulation than, oh, I want to have sex with this person. And that is very interesting and fun. Um, so yeah, this was definitely more fun than, like, oh no, there's a sexy virus. <laughs> So, actually, I think um, I was reading um, a quote from Ira Stephen Bear, who kind of felt that it was a bold move to do something like this so early in the series. Um, the actual quote is, it was a third season show that we had to, the nerve to do in the first season. Anyone else would say, you need to know these characters better before you twist them like this. But seeing... Kira, come on to Dax. I don't care if it's first or third season. People are going to be interested in that. And that's from this um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine companion. Um, I I agree with the latter half of that. I think we do have a little bit of sense of the characters so that it's not doesn't feel too early for me. But I, you know, a season three episode, episode would also be good because you would know the characters for a longer time. That being said, seeing Kira come on to Dax, yeah, everyone's going to be interested in that. It's like, it was so much fun to watch. It's one for the Kira Dax shippers, for sure. <laughs> yes, um, which um, I think I know a few of those. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting in Iris' quote there where he talks about it being like a third season show and the first season for like a lot of these reasons that we're talking about. And didn't Iris say something similar about Move Along Home when we were covering that a couple <laughs> yeah, he, weeks ago, months ago, or whatever? Yeah, he did. We are going to call him One Note Ira from now on. <laughs> He's, his, I mean, only, his only comments are, we're bolder than everyone else. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, in a lot of ways, they were. In a lot yeah, of ways no, were. but for sure. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of the episode? It's interesting, right? Because I used to think of this episode as one of those, oh, I can, like, take it or leave it episodes. But then I rewatched it for this. And I guess to, to uh, go behind the scenes a bit as... Um, I watched it a few a few days ago when we were originally going to record and then had some technical difficulties, so we didn't. So my, my initial note was like, oh, this isn't a take it or leave it episode. It's kind of great, and it's yeah. really fun to watch. But now that it's been um, a couple days since I last watched it before this time it's recording and I... I chose to watch more Sopranos this morning instead of rewatching <laughs> this episode of Deep Space Nine. I'm like, I'm remembering it, but I'm not looking at it as like fondly as I was when I was coming into like just watching it right away and like recording it. So like, I think it's definitely a good episode that I enjoyed. I don't think my initial memory of it being a, a take it or leave it one is is accurate. But aside from a couple moments, I don't know if this episode is particularly memorable but it's a fun hour to sit with yeah with deep space nine like to watch it right it's not i agree like yeah no i agree it's like it's fun in the moment like i had a lot of fun watching it too but it's not like something that stays 
with me so much, except for one scene, which I'll talk about later in our thirst section. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, it, it was like fun, a fun time. And then, you know, we'll, we'll move on from it. That's fine. Yeah, and the Nala Visitor had an interesting comment on on making this episode. Quote, it was a lot of fun. It was interesting this it was interesting to see how used to each other and the characters we've been playing. It's it, the sorry, I'm gonna start that over again. And the Nala Visitor commented on the making of this episode. Quote, it was a lot of fun. It was interesting to see how used to each other and the characters we've been playing we are. To see Avery behaving in a certain way and Sadig and Terry in a very different mindset was fun. I came and watched scenes I wasn't involved in just to see what was going on. So I guess it was a fun episode to make because everyone, again, was being out of character and they'd been working together in those roles, as, as you say, um, as you noted earlier, at least. So that's always, always yeah, fun. Yeah, I think... I can see that, like, because everyone was acting so different, I would have wanted to be on set for the scenes that I wasn't in to, like, watch also. Not that I've ever been on a set of any kind, but I would imagine. And a little uh, fun, fun fact for for the, the, the Trek heads out there. And if you're not a Trek heads, a Trekker, a Trekkie, why, why would you be listening to this podcast? Probably because you know us and you're being very polite. <laughs> we thank you for your downloads, regardless of how you identify in your Star Trek fandom. But this is the first of 14 to date Star Trek episodes with titles derived from Latin. And the phrase you mentioned before in our, our jokes about performances, it translates to the mass of drama, which refers to how the characters are represented in a dramatic work, right? So when you see like a, a character list, like in a playbill or something like that, um, that is essentially a dramatis personae, right? And other episodes with Latin titles in Star Trek that came after this over all of the series, we have Sub Rosa, Ex Post Facto, Non Sequitur, Alter Ego, Intra Arma M Silent Legas. I probably mispronounced that, but in Times of War, The Law Falls Silent. It's a good DS9 episode. Terra Nova, Vox Sola, Civis Pisci, Imperabellum. It's in Arcadia Ergo Part 1. It's in Arcadia Ego Part 2. Veritas, Terraforma Part 1 and Terraforma Part 2. I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't have to say all of those words. And if you're a lawyer listening to this or someone who speaks Latin, I'd like to apologize and say that I will watch Sub Rosa later this week as penance. So I took Latin for one year in high school. Well, then why didn't you read these? (laughs) Because let me tell you, I don't remember shit from that class. And half of the class we spent learning Greek mythology instead of actually Latin. Um, fun fact about that class. Um, well, a few fun facts. One, my mom made me take it because she thought it would help me on my SATs. It did not. And secondly, we had to, you know, when you're in like language class, you have to like come up with a, I don't know, you have to come up with like your name in that language for your, for the, we always had like a, when I did Spanish, I was like Elisa or something like that. So I wanted to be, because we were doing the mythology, I w- insisted, how old, I must have been like 15 or 16, I insisted that the teacher call me Medusa <laughs> because we learned all the mythology. And we were like a couple weeks into the class and the teacher was like, I am not calling you this anymore, you're Julia now. 
<laughs> which has nothing to do with my name. So I thought that was kind of funny. But I was like the weird kid that was like, I'm going to go buy Medusa because that's cool. Friends, it's well, still cool. You know, what your, you know what your teacher decided? That you were here today and Gorgon tomorrow. <laughs> Oh my god that was wonderful thank so you for I... laughing i was really worried that that joke would you know go over like a rock <laughs> that's it folks we're done <laughs> yeah anyways but before we move on it's like i really think that medusa was like the original stoner babe but i mean i goals honestly um now you know why i was like call me medusa please (laughs) i my goals in life are to be a stoner babe um so i just want to note that for this episode we always try to not like go through the plot beat by beat um But I feel like for this episode, I do have trouble separating my thoughts on how everyone's acting from, like, what they're doing. So, just a note on that. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I mean, I think it's safe to say that, like, most people will have watched or or rewatched the episode before, you know, listening to this podcast as as it's kind of designed. So, like don't know if we need to like go over everything beat by beat but like maybe i guess just we can highlight kind of some of our our favorite moments and kind of talk about it that way if that works for you elise um yeah i'm up for whatever uh, yeah and i guess i'll then that be all of that being said um we'll just set the stage because like we said a little before there's this telepathic virus this imprint of you know this culture that that destroyed itself that implanted itself on the klingon vessel and then gets spread to the station and you know it's just this this epic very um shakespearean almost power struggle between you know with the the two sides lining up of like kira versus cisco and you know shifting alliances of, of the cast of the the crew and everything else um and your AJ, the comment that you shared from AJ earlier about visitors' portrayal of Kira and everything else, I guess my question to you, Elise, for kind of the the main discussion of the episode is: Granted, we I agree with what we've discussed, where folks are acting differently or out of character, but it's almost like the virus highlights certain parts of like what are existing conflicts or perceived conflicts within the, the the interpersonal dynamics of the crew. So it's like, it's not, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just left with a question of like, how much is, is the imprint and playing that different role and how much of it is like encouraging and like prodding from, from the imprint to do the different power structures. Like, cause with the like mirror universe, kind of stuff that we've seen in the original series and again spoiler alert we'll see eventually in deep space nine this idea of like road different roads taken and like they're the same characters but act differently and you know kind of a more in some ways liberated and in some ways less liberated um 
aspects of the characters. So I guess my to distill down what I'm trying to ask. So thank you, Elise and listeners, for coming on this this journey with me as I walk around the island to ask a very simple question. Um, how much of the character's behavior in this episode do you think was the imprint, and how much was the imprint grafting onto other parts of the character's personalities that normally they would would push down? Um, I I feel that. For some characters, it was just the imprint. And for some characters, it was just kind of emphasizing some qualities that they normally don't show. Like, for Dax and um, Cisco, I really felt like they acted the most out of character. Um, Dax was very... Like... I think the gig, like, in the beginning when she was kind of giggly, like, I don't think that that's not Dax, but, like, she was very forgetful, and I don't think that that's a character trait that she has for real. And Cisco was completely, well, while obviously in the first, in the pilot, he was saying how he didn't want, he might have, he might have chosen to leave Deep Space Nine. So I feel like, maybe the smallest bit his apathy throughout most of the episode could have sprung from that original idea that maybe he didn't want to be there but it really I just felt like he's a pretty um honorable person who takes duty seriously and the fact that he was just completely uninterested in actually leading anyone it really felt um, out of character for me. Kira is often trying to get people to help her cause whatever it is that week. So I felt like her kind of trying to, I'm not saying she's like a manipulative person, but I feel like her trying to manipulate people to help her didn't feel that far-fetched. And Miles's loyalty toward um Cisco and Starfleet didn't feel that far-fetched either and Bashir being kind of like I don't know almost like a shitster or like gossipy almost didn't feel that out of character either but I do feel like Cisco and Dax for me felt like they had characteristics that were so different from how they normally are to answer your question yeah i hear that but I, and i think like my read like i hear what you're saying in terms of like jed's again it was almost like she was channeling some of that terry Farrell was channeling some of that energy a little bit of um fantasy jedzia from from move along home and like right. it be seeming like not the jedzia that we know but at the same time like i think it's like a heightened version of the way Jadzi is put in the middle in this in this drama that the the cast is playing out kind of between her her friendship with Cisco and her friendship with Kira. Okay, so, I see what you're saying. So like yeah, I like I, I don't again, they're like playing a parts and it's like not super clear how much is the the virus and how much isn't and like at the end of the episode when it kind of all gets gets resolved thanks to uh Odo. Odo's <laughs> good, good work, and and his manipulation of um, B- Bashir, who's who's kind of you know almost very Garrick like in this episode. Come to think of it, um, 
<laughs> Meet me at 9 p.m. at my store to buy a suit. <laughs> it's time Sorry. to pick sides now. <laughs> um, have you heard these rumors? No, but it's like, I like I can see Jadzia normally feeling like conflict between her two friends like that. And it's just like a very dramatic um, version of that that we would normally Right, cause, kind of in that high drama sort of sort of right, because she does originally like she's originally kind of on Cisco's side when like Miles is questioning her, and then yeah. later we see after her conversation with Kira, she kind of changed sides, and I do see how she's like in the middle, and I don't know if I really thought she was like tied to either one at any point for real, um, yeah. even though she was kind of going along, um. So yeah, I see. I see what you're saying there. One, but I did. I just, I just kind of loved how they like almost made um, Dax like, like kind of bimboish. <laughs> and I say that not derogatorily. Like I just, I just loved it. Like she was just forgetful and like giggly at the beginning, and just. It was nice. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it. there's a, there's like a power like to Cole Meany's performance as, as O'Brien in this drama that like we don't normally see from him in his performance like as O'Brien where like Brian's kind of like, you know, affable, every man put upon guy. And there is like this, like the I'm taking charge and like, you know pulling up that kind of aspect of his personality, which, like, he's probably, is probably part of his personality, but it just heightened and pulled up as, you know, I can see that having served him well in the front lines and the the Cardassian, like, border wars and stuff, right? But... Yeah. No, totally. He was very... He was so serious. He actually, like, kind of scared me a little... Not really scared me, but, like, kind of was, like, a little scary in that one scene where he was just, like, if you're not with Cisco, you're against me, or whatever he says. And, um... It was very, um... Cutthroat, and... It felt like an ultimatum, almost. I did appreciate... I did appreciate that, um... So there were some fun quoto scenes in this episode. Um, basically, at, like at the beginning, where um, Quark is. Oh, sorry. Odo is like interrogating Quark about the Klingons, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And um, <clears throat> he basically like just threatens him to say, like, if you don't give me what the information that I need, I'm gonna tell the repair crew to come work on something else instead of your hollow suites. And I just was I love the when Odo is just showing his power over Quark. Like it just makes me laugh. Like it's not I don't mean it in like a I like that he has power over him. I just like when he um I get enjoyment out of watching him show him that he has power to like ruin his business if he wanted to totally Uh, their their dynamic is it's 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 fun it's it is fun fun to watch yeah and then like odo has that like seizure thing and like cork is so concerned i mean he he jokes and they make fun of each other and they're like always you know it's very, um, 
It kind of reminds me of, like, Justified with, like, Raylan and um, Boyd Crowder. I don't think you've seen that show, but it's, like, they're on opposite sides of the law, but, like, it's clear that they care, care about each other. Um, well, they done cool together. Yeah, that's true. Did you watch Justified, or you just know that? I don't remember. I've seen. I think I watched the pilot once, and oh, then I ended okay. up watching something else. But I am got it. I am familiar with, yeah, Justified as a like the premise and right, right. Stuff. There's, um, I, I have. We have lots of friends and even listeners. I think of this podcast that like speak very highly of it. So I've absorbed some of it through right. osmosis. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Actually, it's probably through diffusion because osmosis is the moving from a high concentration to a low concentration over a semi-permeable membrane, but it has to be water, whereas diffusion is when that happens and it's not water. So, but anyways, that's fine. We don't need to talk about high school biology right now. Uh, I was never like a good science student, so I didn't remember any of that. Um, Phospholipid bilayer. The only science class I ever got an A in was computer science. Um, so, yeah. I was kind of laughing that... I know Cork doesn't isn't part of the senior staff or anything, but, like... And he doesn't have a comms badge because he's not, um, you know, either senior staff or Starfleet. But, like, I was thinking that it was weird that there wasn't some sort of, like, emergency panel on the wall when, like... Odo had his seizure for him to, like, call Dr. Bashir. He had to, like, run out of the room. So I feel like throughout Deep Space Nine, they should have emergency panels. Like, they would have, like, defibrillators in, in like, the mall and places like that. Yeah, that's, uh, over, <laughs> probably, um, I bet, I wonder, uh, you know what? I bet you a starship would have it, have, like, the wall panel. We've seen those in, like, yeah. TNG, but the Cardassians, they just, it's not up to code. I also felt like that that kind of showed, like, I got enjoyment out of watching Odo, like, run to get help. So I feel like we benefited in seeing him run to get help also. You mean Quark run to get help? Yes. Thank you. (laughs) They're just one person now to me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Now, remind me, because you rewatched the episode before recording and I was a bad bad boy and didn't, like... (laughs) So when, when Odo gets injured like that, that's the virus not being able to graft onto him. Quark doesn't get get to play a part in the, the drama, does he? He actually does... Well, does he? But, like, he's just Quark. He's not, like, playing yeah, the, like, I don't think, alien I roles. Th- I almost feel like that is showing that Quark already is, like doing all his like worst impulses or like acting out all of his worst impulses or not hiding any part of himself because he really is seeming the same if that makes sense you know it 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 does and like the other question i had kind of watching this episode is how like just kind of building off that is like how many folks like were impacted by the virus um because no i I was gonna say they really only show like the senior staff being affected 
Yeah, so it's like when Kira's like staging the coup and there's those other like Bajoran officers that like are her like henchmen essentially and everything else, it's like are they just are they just doing it because like, oh this sounds good and we wanna like you know we we're down to like do a coup and take over like, you know, control of the station. Um, like are they like Bajoran nationalists or like right. whatever? Or, or or did they get some memory psychic implant of right. um of the of the henchmen from that like you know what i mean like it's yeah not, it's it's, it's not hard, clear it's hard to tell because you would hope that like one person would be like hey maybe this isn't a good idea but we've seen so many examples in history in real life where shitty things happen because nobody like people didn't stop them and i just wonder if it was like an example of that or like you said like maybe they were imprinted all on as well yeah, and again, it doesn't totally matter, but it was just a question. Yeah, no, it's had. a good question. Can we talk about Kira just, like, coming on to everyone? <laughs> Please. I mean, I've officially, I guess this is kind of getting ahead of the the thirst section for later. <laughs> but like, okay. But Kira... Walking into Quark's, where Dax and Quark are, like, hanging out, and Quark makes that, like, sweet-looking, fun drink for Dax, and Kira comes in and, like, looks at Quark and is just, like, get lost. I, that, I think that's my sexuality. (laughs) It was so good. And she also kind of, like, comes on... She comes on to Odo, too. But, like, it wasn't, like... I'm trying to think... I'm, I don't remember the exact quote of what she says to Odo, but she basically is, like, commenting on how, like, close they are and the trust that they have, but saying it, like, in a very provocative way where you can, like, see that it's... She's trying to get him onto her side by like mentioning their history but she's just saying it in a very like sexy way and it was just Nana was my favorite performance in this episode yeah no she she really makes the episode for sure yeah she even like flat out lies to Odo saying that Cisco said that she can go onto that ship when he didn't and it's just it's funny how she's like oh yeah we have this long history we're all we're you know we're friends we're on the same side and then she just lies to him (laughs) but he's not fooled um odo is not affected by this imprint which seems to happen a lot you know when when everyone's affected by something on the station odo is not humanoid and is often left out of that to fix it save the day etc etc yeah yeah he has no brain technically (laughs) as as we know if i only had a brain That's the most singing anyone will get from me on this podcast, I think. Well, we'll and, see. You know, the, whether whether the fact that Odo has a heart or not is well, 
in Vortex, we did see that he does have a heart. So maybe he just yeah. doesn't literally have... I mean, he doesn't literally have a heart either, I guess. But, you know. He has, like, a, like, emotional heart. Or whatever. A figurative yeah. heart. Faith of the heart, one might even say. <laughs> It was really funny watching Cisco just completely checked out of his station duties. Like, he was like making that clock. I that was so weird. <laughs> um, like he wasn't even like paying attention to Miles when Miles was trying to like plot with him. He's pretty. He just was like, kind of like you do whatever you want. Um. It just, it was fun. How many times can I say the word fun in an episode? We're all, all fun here now. <laughs> How are you? Um. Uh, I like wrote that on Twitter yesterday and I don't remember what it was in reference to. <laughs> the original, uh, no. the original, uh, quote. Oh, okay. I remember. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go <laughs> um, ahead. it's not related to to Star Trek at all. But I was um I was posting my horoscope because it was like really um from Coast that CoStar app, and it was like really dramatic. Like, and it was basically like shit's not great. So I had to post it with "We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you?" <laughs> so yeah. Apparently, I'm having trouble in um, social settings, etc. So, it's fun. Was there any anything else you kind of wanted to highlight? Um, like I know, like it's it's kind of like a difficult episode. Kind like there's not it's it's an enjoyable experience to watch and I, watch and I like like the performances and like, like you know things like that and. I just there's there's not a lot to kind of dig in meat wise like yeah I don't think any of, you know right I don't think that this episode besides what we've already said like I didn't feel like there was like a deep meaning behind everything like um you know Odo is kind of the person that figures everything out at the end and it's kind of interesting how they both sides kind of realize that Odo's I think they kind of knew that Odo wasn't affected, so, like, they each try to, like, block him from contacting people outside of the station to, like, get help for whatever's happening. Yeah. Um, and he, like, kind of tricks Bashir into thinking that he is... He, he Doesn't he kind of, like, trick Bashir into thinking that, like, they're, they're gonna take the station? <laughs> like, he almost, like, pretends that he's affected... To get Bashir to, like, help him. Yeah, because Bashir's all into, like, the politics of it, right? And, like, who are we going to pick sides? And yeah. Who, like, you know what I mean? Bashir, I kind of related to Bashir in this moment. Because, like, he was kind of, like, like, the gossip about all of it. Like, he yeah. just was, like, this. And I just felt like that would be me in the situation. <laughs> uh, I, lo- I love some gossip, friends. Um, but yeah, so I, so he realizes that there's a problem and I guess, like, makes up some program to, like, reverse 
the imprint. And that was kind of like, okay, you know, they obviously had to fix it somehow. <laughs> but I did enjoy watching the episode, the scene at the end where he's like, hold on to something. And they all like hold on to those crates that look like they can very easily go out the airlock if. <laughs> yeah, those ones don't look fixed. I think I feel like we've seen them knocked over before. <laughs> right. Like I, when, when everyone like grabs on, I was like, well, those can probably move. <laughs> But um, I love, I do enjoy when, like, the, the problem on the station it just gets released out into space. And, you know, hopefully doesn't end up on another station or another ship affecting other people that um, try to uh, destroy each other. <laughs> right. Uh, like that one episode where, oh, it was the episode with, Q-less, where that, like, manta ray-looking thing just, like, flies away at the end. I did a little flying uh, motion with my hands. Um, but yeah, well, so... I definitely felt that. I definitely felt that through the, the spectacle. <laughs> yeah, I was, it just made me think of that. I feel like there was another time when something just, like, left the station, but... I mean, I feel like that happens on Star Trek, like, in general a lot, so it probably can't be pinned down to just uh, Deep Space Nine. Yeah, no, there's, like, this whole idea in Star Trek, especially, like, um, kind of before TNG and kind of, like, modern, when it was, like, just more focused, or before Deep Space Nine became more serialized on TNG and stuff, like, the idea of, like, the magic reset button. Where, like, you have the problem of, of the week or the planet of the week, and then at the end, there's really no character development and everything's, like, reset back to next week. So, like, there's not a lot of, like, growth in the characters. They all stay, like, pretty static and stuff. And so whenever yeah. there's, like, a big thing like this, is like, oh, we solved the problem. We ejected into space, and now we're never going to think about it again. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's very Star Trek. And that was, like, that's kind of my, uh, that's my nominee for the most Star Trek thing of the episode, where it's, like... They're seemingly all go through this traumatic experience and briefly talk about it at the end of the episode and they'll never talk about it again. Except we will be reminded of this episode going forward because the clock that Cisco makes in this episode is part of, in his office, I think, for the duration of like the series and like the background. I think um, since you mentioned your most um, Star Trek moment, I will list mine at this juncture even though we're kind of doing things we're we're going rogue guys we're going out of order um my besides what you just mentioned which is definitely one of the most star trek things my most star trek thing is that everyone on the station was affected by this entity except for odo because he's not humanoid i feel like that happens a lot in this show and that just felt very star trek to me really is. It really is. And back to the Altair Water Thirst Quencher, which I touched on earlier. I just feel like Kira being manipulative towards Jadzia, like, it was very hot, and I was feeling <laughs> very, oh, she can get Jadzia to do anything right now, wink, wink. Um, It just was great. I was kind of like, I wish Kira was my friend. But I also yeah, really was... Go ahead, sorry. 
Oh, you're fine. I was just saying I also really enjoyed, like, there was, like, one little scene at the beginning where where um, Dax was, like, giggling, like, a little girl, and I, I, not to infantilize her, but I thought that was very cute. <laughs> yeah, and, like, back to the Cure stuff when I think she's trying yes. to get Odo on her side, and she's sitting in Odo's office and is just kind of, like... With her feet up? Yeah, with her feet up, and she's just, like, it's just, like, totally, like, power spreading or whatever, like, in, <laughs> yes. in the office in Odo's space. I'm just, like, yes, please. <laughs> I don't <gasps> um, disagree with any of that. No. Yeah. Kira was just taking up space in this episode in the best way possible. It's like, yes, please, tie me up. Thank you. That's yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I was very... It, this episode was hot, I thought. Like, it was just great. Kira's it awesome. has everything. Shifting yeah. loyalties. Characters <laughs> coming on to each other. Quarks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Odo being called Cox. Deep Space Nine's <laughs> hottest nightclub is Quarks Bar and Grill. <laughs> Um, we can call it Quarks After Dark, like it, the Peach Pit After Dark in 90210. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we even have had Kelly's mom on the show, so That's entirely true. And Gillespie, friends. That no, hot no, no, nurse. I don't no, Anne Gillespie is from Beverly Hills 90210. I don't think she was on Friends. Matthew? All right. Well, that was Dramat- Dramatis Personae. Elise, if, where can folks find more of you on the internet? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, no. You can, fin- you can finish closing your <laughs> closing thoughts. It's fine. Um, my closing thoughts are just a stern looking and saying Matthew. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's the whole thing. That was the whole thought. I was just looking at you sternly, even though I'm not looking at you at all. Uh, there we go. I don't even huh. think about you at all. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Okay. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Letterbox at Elise underscore Tendi, E-L-Y-S-E underscore T-E-N-D-I. And you? And you can find me on Twitter and Letterbox as well. At Mattyhugh, M-A-T-T-Y-H-U-G-H. You can also catch me talking about Mad Men with two friends of the pod on our Mad Men podcast. Still great, Bob. You can find our show on Twitter and Instagram at PodRates, P-O-D-W-R-A-I-T-H-S. And you can email us at PodRates at gmail.com. Please rate and review the podcast on the pod catching system of your choice. And thank you to DJ Empirical for our interstellar theme song. Until next time, computer and program. Bye. Bye.